Monday through Friday of discipleship for the BFC family. We're glad that you've joined us today. The reading today comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. And this is what God's Word says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. I'd like to talk to you today about sin. You know, what we have in Romans is Paul's explanation of the gospel. It is the explanation of what God has done to bring us salvation. But you have to begin the discussion of salvation with the topic of sin. The beginning of the explanation of salvation is right here. The need for salvation comes from the fact that we all, by nature, are sinners. And Paul's detailed explanation of what's gone wrong with us and what the result is, is given to us, beginning in uh, verse 16 and going all the way down to the end of the chapter. And I'm not going to read all the verses, but I'd like to talk to you and just summarize what the argument is and what's going on there. First of all, in verses 18 to 23, after Paul makes this great statement in 16 and 17 of the power of the gospel, he begins to explain to us why we even need the gospel and why we even need salvation. What's gone wrong? Why is it that the world is such a mess? Well, Paul tells us in verses 18 through 23 that the reason is that men suppress the truth about God. God has revealed himself to us, but we don't want that that knowledge. We suppress it. We push it back down under. You know, everyone can reasonably observe that God exists. We just look at nature. It's clear that there has to be a creator. But men don't want to know that. They don't want to admit that. And the reason we don't want to admit that is in our natural condition is because we love darkness better than light, more than light, as the scripture tells us. We actually like our sins. And because we like our sins, we don't want to know about the God who's there, who holds us accountable for those sins. So the consequences result from this denial. And that's what Paul goes on to tell us about in the remainder of the chapter. In verses 24 through 27, he tells us that God gives men over to the lusts of their heart. The first consequence of denying that God is there or denying that God exists the first consequence of pushing God away is that God lets you have your way when it comes to the lusts in your heart. And we all have these improper desires on the inside of us. And we all give in to them. We all give way to them. Because without the help of the Holy Spirit, we're defenseless. So the natural man who doesn't know God has no way to fight against these urges, these desires Uh, these, as the Bible calls them, lusts, that sooner or later, we may resist them for a while, we may push them back for a while, but sooner or later, they always get the best of us. And so the first consequence of denying that God is there, denying who God is, is the fact 
that God gives us over and lets our hearts, our fallen natures, rule over us. But then Paul tells us in verses 28 to 32 about another consequence. And the consequence there is that God gives men over to the lies that are in their minds. Now we're all, if you think about this, it becomes pretty clear, doesn't it? We are all masters of rationalizing our sins. We can always think of a good reason why following the lusts of our sin-soaked hearts is the right thing to do. We can always justify to ourselves and try to justify to others what we've done. And the result of this, of course, is an enormous self-righteousness and an incredible self-centeredness in natural humanity. And that self-righteousness and self-centeredness inevitably makes a mess of the world we live in. Why is our world like it is today? Our world is like it is today because sin is running loose in the human race. There has to be a solution to this. Paul goes on to tell us at the bottom of our chapter, at the, the last few verses, that we reach the bottom morally when we know what's right, but we go ahead and do the wrong thing anyway. And the bottom of the bottom is when we start celebrating sin and declaring it to be normal and saying that it's okay. And when we come to that point, we really have come to the bottom morally. And God's judgment, God's wrath, as we start off, the wrath of God, it says in that first verse, is is revealed against everyone who denies, pushes down, suppresses the knowledge of God. We reach the bottom and wrath becomes inevitable when we get to that point where we not only begin to justify our sin, but we begin to say, but really it's okay. It's not really sin at all. Well, so what? What are we going to do with this? Well, first of all, we need to confront the fact that sin is real. It's a real problem universally. Every man and woman is plagued by this moral disease called sin. We have it by nature. We inherited it from our parents, who inherited it from their parents, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Sin is why our world has gone pear-shaped. Our world is out of round. And that's, the, you know, there's a reason why the tires we put on cars are not pear-shaped. Can you imagine driving around in a car that didn't have round tires, but had tires that were pear-shaped? What an uncomfortable ride. What a mess. What a chaos would result from that. What, a, what an opportunity for accident. Well, that's our world today. Our world is pear-shaped today because we refuse to confront the fact that God is there and that we are by our nature sinners. You're denying the existence of sin, which is what the modern world does, doesn't make the problem disappear. The first step toward putting our world right, and by this I mean our personal world, not just the society we live in, but our lives personally, the first step toward putting our world right is to admit that we have a problem with sin. If you don't have a problem with sin, then you don't have a need for a Savior. But if you know within your heart that you have a need for a Savior, it's because you do have a problem with sin. Let's pray. Father, we do have a problem with sin. All of us have a problem with sin. And yet, 
you have made a Savior available to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. We intend to look into that salvation in the weeks to come, but for today, confront us with the reality of sin, with its deadliness, with its awful blasphemy against you, denying that you even are there. Help us to be people who admit we have a problem and who turn to the Savior. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Remember, the beginning of putting everything right is confronting the fact that we have a problem with sin.